Welcome back to another episode of Stimulate Your Mind, proudly presented to you by LOF Productions. Welcome to another episode of Stimulate Your Mind. We're here with my co-host for the day, Ali H. How are you, Ali? Good, good. And our guest, Mark Scorzelli. How are you, Mark? We're all thanks. Being born into a faith and practicing it during your life is already tough enough. But what is it like to flip your world around, move from one faith to the other, and be able to practice and in some instances preach that new faith or religion? Uh, early on, when I did uh, flip my life around or in the journey of flipping my life around, it was, uh, it was quite nerve-wracking and uh, very hard because everything that I've come to know in my life, all my friends and my family that I've uh, formed a bond with, a relationship, was ultimately about to shatter into a million pieces. When I was researching about Islam and understanding what needed to be done in order to start submitting to Islam, uh, I realized that the friends that I had, uh, my weekend outings, my meals, my time spent, all had to cease or slowly diminish. I remember many nights uh, coming home, not being able to speak to many people, not being able to eat dinners with my family and not being able to tell anyone about it and practicing this faith was in one instant very lonely but in the other instant I finally had a handheld of faith that I never had before. Uh, I was able to have a concrete footing uh, knowing that I finally have submitted to God uh, uh, and the way that Islam uh, teaches you to practice gives you so much uh, contentment so even though my life was you know uh, about to change dramatically I it didn't it didn't uh, I were I wasn't in a sense of loss or you know unsure because I knew that uh, practicing this faith praying asking God sincerely reading the Quran uh, was ultimately giving me so much more than what I had which was very trivial very surface level you know my friends uh, that you know our friendship was based on drinking and talking about vain topics like women and materialism wasn't needed nowhere near as much as understanding that the moon and the sun are being calculated so perfectly by God and that my mission or my objective in life was completely um, being altered, you know, for a much more divine purpose. You know, it's um, it's funny, you know, I asked God, one of the things was, uh, I asked God, God, I'm embarking on this faith. I don't have any friends. Um, I can't talk to my parents. I go, please, if this is the right religion, which I feel that it is, you know, grant me a great network of friends and lo and behold they came one after the other uh you know a fantastic group of eight friends which i am still very strongly uh attached to we have the best relationships and we're going to the snow in a couple of weeks and so uh that was one of the you know small little miracles that 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 formed early on which which helped and then everything else fell into place uh, i met mothers and fathers of my friends that took me in like my uh, my own. Then obviously I got married and yeah, so uh, that's a whole other story. So it seems like um, you went on a long, long, long journey before you actually settled into this religion. Yeah, yeah, it was, um, it was, 
in in all facets, you know, along journey, whether it was changing my dietary lifestyle, whether it was what am I going to do this week and what am I going to read, uh, how am I going to spend my time, what job am I going to have, you know, what am I going to wear, how am I going to, you know, refrain from the things that I've been doing for so long, like you know, you know. Forgive my lack of better words, but checking out girls on the weekend, you know, you know, the, all these things were being altered um, for a much better cause. So, before you found Islam, were you practicing another religion? I was practicing Roman Catholicism, not to a strict degree, but it was, uh, in their eyes, well, in the general general sense, quite strict, which is, you know, going to church on Sunday, uh, confession. When the sins accumulate to a certain amount, I'm not too sure how much, but you know, it was a regular occurrence. Um, you know, the festive seasons, being part of that, and yeah, that that's pretty much the limit that is considered to be faithful. Mm. Um, or, you know, the highest of limits, almost. You know, so yeah, I I was a Roman Catholic all my life up until I started to change. What, what was your was your was your family uh, practicing as yeah. well? Yeah, so they were practicing to like uh, to the degree, like I said, you know, church yeah. on on Sunday, which yeah. is considered to be pretty religious. Um, yeah, and so yeah, my cousins and all that. So I grew up, and and my distant relatives and all my friends, majority of them were all, all Catholic and Christian. Yeah. So, what led you to start researching Islam? Was there a certain instance in your life, or an occasion, or someone said something? What led you to start looking into the religion of Islam? It was a Interesting period in my life that sparked the urge to question my own faith. Uh, it started years ago, but I didn't really uh, move on it when uh, I suffered, you know, severe depression and I was contemplating suicide as as there was no need to live if uh, you know without knowing God. Um, or having a strong connection, I, I believe there was God, but you know it was a very misconstrued of who God was. So that caused very interesting period where I was, you know, lost in my life um, during that period as well. Um, having you know no one around and not understanding my faith, it just you know led me on a quest to understand well, why am I here? What am I doing? Sorry, how old were you when this? That happened about when I was 21, 22. How old are you now? Uh, 31. So years later down the track, um, you know, this gaping hole, this emptiness in my heart, it was causing sort of, it was growing and I wanted to solve it. Nothing was giving me any satisfaction. There wasn't any joy left in my life. I was filling it with, with, you know, alcohol and going out and transient and trivial means. I started to go to TAFE with some uh, Muslim brothers. We were having slight discussions about, you know, Islam and Christianity. And then, you know, they record, you know, we, we kept on, you know, talking about uh, the different aspects of Islam versus the different aspects of, of Christianity. And then it sparked an interest for me to look into this further. Uh, when, I, when I did research it, I remember distinctively one night I went home and I typed his, what he, I typed on the internet what is islam and it came up as you know the tenets of faith uh, that you know you pray five times a day if they you know they fast during the month of ramadan they believe in one god uh, they believe in prophethood and this 
resonated very strongly in my heart. There was something that sort of pulled me towards Islam more than Christianity. I thought to myself, I'll go look at the other faiths and see how they compare to this and see what I sort of you know, feel. I didn't want to rely too much on my own feeling. I wanted to try and understand it logically. Uh, looking at Hinduism, you know, Buddhism, uh, the Jewish faith, they, they all sort of, um, you know, interesting in their own ways, but not really, it didn't have a divinely inspired feel to it as, you know, some faiths believe that animals can be God and everything is God and some, you know, other faiths like the Jewish faith uh, saying that, you know, you can't really be a Jew, you have to be chosen, it's a long period, you've got to go to Jerusalem. Yeah. And then, you know, you come to Islam and, and, you know, to simply make the intention and the declaration that God is one and that Prophet Muhammad, uh, that Muhammad, peace be upon him, is a messenger and starting to practice this automatically entitles you to be a Muslim mm. when you make the you know, shahad. And so that, to me, was was strikingly, uh, you know, amazing in the sense that anyone could be a Muslim, anyone could practice this faith. You didn't have to be from a certain uh, background. You didn't have to have wealth. You didn't have to need, you know, to know anyone. There wasn't a sort of, uh, you know, doorman at the door saying, you know, you're on the guest list. Mm. Everyone was the guest of God in in Islam. Uh so I continued. I was compelled. I was addicted. I, I, at that point, I didn't want to stop. I kept reading and speaking to these guys. The discussions became a lot more exciting. I was asking more questions about the religion as opposed to saying, yeah, but, yeah, but, you know. So that continued when I was 23 to 24. Uh, we're at TAFE. I was in the final year of plumbing in the advanced course, and we spent the majority of my advanced course Debating and discussing Islam as opposed to learning uh, my course, which my teachers were not happy about. But I remember, yeah, every class, we it was non-stop discussion. During this journey of when you looked at it and found that there's a, there's a logical way of entering this faith, of going into this faith, were there any barriers or anything that like you thought to yourself, okay, maybe this isn't right or this, is, this seems too easy? Was there any sort of inkling of a like, doubt there? Mm. I wouldn't say doubt. That's the the beauty about this religion. There wasn't. I mean, there wasn't many doubts, but there were, were a few questions. Obviously, from you know the general opinion of a lot of people in Sydney, it, it is you know frowned upon, and it was distasteful for a lot of people. You know, my friends, uh, family, they all had uh, very interesting views on Islam. Barriers. Not so much. It was more about when I was looking at it that, you know, the alcohol, you know, it wasn't so much a barrier. I wanted to know why you can't drink out, why alcohol was so bad. Once it was explained that, you know, these are intoxicants and intoxicants inhibit, you know, your thinking and your rational brain, it became uh, more of a good point as opposed to a barrier. You know, uh, praying five times a day became, you know, Something that it was a way to communicate to God five times a day, a way to get you closer, it was a reminder of who you are. So the only barriers was the misconstrued views of the people around me and the fight I would have had that I did have in order to 
convince them or prove to them why I did change as it is a, you know, a very radical decision in this day and age mm. due to, you know, the tarnished image that the media and uh, people give the religion. Did that tarnished image of the media and the people around you or certain perspectives maybe you have, you had heard around you from people close to you ever like deter you from going towards Islam? Deter? Yeah, to some degree, uh, due to only because I knew how uh, <laughs> hard it is to my live with my blessed dad, uh, <laughs> you know, just living on a day to day battle was was uh, pretty tough. Let alone uh, converting to Islam, because I knew he had a, a very harsh way of looking at at, at it. And uh, you know, both my parents were against it. Uh, my brothers were pretty against it. All my friends were quite against it. That that was a slight deterrent, but I I kept on researching and I kept on saying that this is a way of life that only means good. This is a way of life that will uh, I'll have that much uh, evidence and that much uh, positive replies that yeah, like yes, uh, you know, it might seem like a deterrent, but I enjoy arguing, <laughs> so, I, so I, I was ready for the battle that was ahead. Um, I sort of embraced it because it, it, as I was talking to my parents, you know, when I did convert, and they said, "Yeah, but you know, this religion allows you know men to marry four women, like you know, and they they whiplash, you know, women in public, and you know, they do beheadings. All of these started to become a, a nightly discussion." That we would have. Um, so, even though it was going, it was going to be an uphill battle. I knew that it fast tracked my way of learning because I would have to go to my room every night and speak to um, my friends that I got to knew, got to know, and um, really excel my learning in, in order to um, rebut them and then reinforce why this religion was correct one. So when it came to the reaction of, let's look at your family specifically, maybe you can go to your, your friends afterwards, but when it came to, for example, your father mm. and his views on Islam, what did that do for you in essence? You said it, 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 you, you like to argue and then it made you go and research more and in return you would learn yep. and be able to sort of preach as well. Yep. But... On a personal level, what did that do? It's it it upset me a lot because I could see how much it was hurting my father, um, day in day out, and he was really uh you know affected by it. You know, there was talk of being disowned. There was talk of leave my house now. You're not my son. I don't know you anymore. You know, and and really giving Islam, you know, a beating. <laughs> However, there was many lessons from the Prophet, peace be upon him, and the Halbayt that they, they went through this and they were, you know, verbally abused and, uh, you know, they had incidents where this happened and I would take lessons from that and I would try to reply in a very sweet and understanding way, even though it was very hard. Um, it was a good training ground, <laughs> mm. more or less, Uh it was good because I knew if I could not convince my dad, but if I could at least 
you know, have some effect or or try very hard to inform him as as hard as that was. I knew that every other person I spoke to would wouldn't be as bad. <laughs> mm. So I imagine that it was very emotionally tiring. Mm. Um, especially at the end of the day, it is your father, and like you look up to him, and yeah. obviously you want. You want his respect and you want him to respect you and your views and your beliefs. Um, and his blessings. Uh, of course. Mm. Um, so did that, that emotional, let's, let's call it trauma, mm. um, make you seek out other forms of father figures or was it still, no, this is my father, regardless of the views he has it. On, on this newfound faith I have, he still remains my father and I still have to, See him as my father figure. Yeah, so it's interesting you, you asked that question. There were many things that I stopped taking advice from and I tried to use you know, many methods of just, uh, you know, sifting through what he was saying because, yeah, you're right. Like every father wants to give advice to their son. Every father wants to, uh, you know, lead their son in the best possible way. But it becomes problematic when, when the son does convert or change faith, you know, that the, the father does lose this great sense of control and power. I would still, we would still, I would still try to talk to him about sports and uh, food and um, nutrition, exercise, and, and always try to change the subject and, and focus on that, even though he would always draw back Islam and look what you've done and try to really. Uh, create conflict were you tri secretly trying to get him to become a muslim as well i was trying to ask god to open yeah his heart to I mean, see your family as well not just your dad yeah i was there was of course to some degree uh knowing what i knew and understanding how beautiful this faith was i was i was trying my best to explain it in in a good light and then you know trying to practically do so in you know obviously controlling swearing you know hardly raising my voice when we're discussing even though you know one party would get very rowdy uh i was trying to yeah uh, implement the sunnah as much as possible and show them how sweet and logical this religion is so we know at dinner times when we would we would have you know beer i'm like essentially that's poison why would the body want to get rid of it you know so quickly through urine so i tried many forms um, it, it didn't work. Obviously, there was a great, uh, you know, I think there was a lot of emotion at the time. and It has diminished now, but I think he has gone to understand and respect a little bit, especially with my wife now, mm -hmm. after six, seven years. Um, but he still holds some pretty colourful views. Mm. And what kind of experiences did you have with your siblings? You mentioned your brothers were of the same view. Yeah. Um, as your father, so what what challenges did you face with your with your siblings when when you basically found your new faith? The time that I converted, my brothers all moved out, and our bond wasn't very strong. We would see each other probably every fortnight or every month. I would speak to I have three brothers. Um, the one that's after me, the uh, second. Youngest Andrew, uh, he actually found Islam to be a beautiful thing, um, and we were preaching quite a lot and talking about its its uh, beauty and 
the different areas of Islam and, and you know, the, why the women dress. And he was very receptive to it, uh, which was very interesting. Uh, and I think secretly he does agree to some degree to Islam now. Uh, we still speak just recently about it. Then the brother after him, David, um, he was quite against it. Um, just, uh, yeah, he, he practiced his, his faith, you know, it's Roman Catholicism. Uh, our, our relationship diminished quite a lot and it, uh, pretty much unfortunately now we don't speak, um, partly because I converted, partly because um, I married uh, my wife and, um, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. We have tried multiple times, sent him messages, you know, often as, you know, taking lessons from, you know, Islam that, you know, of how important the family is and try to, you know, always reestablish relationships that have, you know, separated. Then my oldest brother uh, is quite actually um, uh, interested as well to the religion, but um, uh, it just goes as far as... As interest. Mm. Yep. So um, you've mentioned the wife a few mm. times now. Um, so is your wife a Muslim as well? Yes, she is, alhamdulillah. And how did you come about... Um, as a revert, I would mm. imagine it's uh, it's probably difficult to marry into an all-Muslim family. Mm. So how did this journey into your marriage come about? Yeah, it was um, uh, a sad reality to some degree coming into this faith um, and trying to marry uh, a, a Muslim as culturally they, they're quite, um, you know, strong. To some degree, uh, they like to, you know, na- you know, it makes sense to, you know, marry from the same country generally, um, whether that's an old cultural habit, I'm not too sure. But it, it, was, a, it was a long two years uh, <laughs> of, um, yeah, being uh, single. Thankfully, the community were very helpful um, and receptive. There was multiple attempts from someone's mum in particular. <laughs> That uh, of trying to, you know, uh, find me a, a wife. I was speaking to a few. Unfortunately, you know, the, you know, they didn't, you know, flourish too well. Mm. However, then, yeah, I was um, going to a class in the area of a Wednesday night Islamic studies. Uh, formed good friendships with the guys, and um, one thing led to another, and there was a woman available. And uh, and yeah, history prevails. Uh, just a question, actually. What was the tipping point that brought you to Islam? Like, what was it? Obviously, you were. Um, mm. So, what was it that made you like, okay, I'm doing this. This is it. Yeah, I think it was one of the uh, last times I was at the pub and I was having a beer and I was just, I was, you know, I was, I was shaking it. I, and love I was, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was shaking the beer and I was looking at it and I'm like, what is this world? You know what? What am I really sacrificing here? You know, like I had this this certainty that you know there heaven, you know, is is waiting, and and my conviction in God was strong, and you know, it was sort of I was just looking around, and I'm like, you know, this life's too short. You know, like I want to practice this faith, as I know that the outcome of it is so great, and. You know, surely all this wasn't just created in vain. And it was that moment where I'm like, you know, the things that I have to do to be a Muslim as opposed to, you know, how I'm living now. Um, and it was, that was, <laughs> as 
I don't know, unusual as that sounds. I mean, you know, as well as all the other things that I was doing and reading and researching and reading the Quran, it was just weighing it up. And I and I said to myself, you know, there's nothing seems more right than than practicing this faith. And what am I really going to lose here? But I'm I'm about to gain everything. So it, it was that, that that defining moment. But collectively, it was it was the six months prior of discussions with my friends. It was yeah. the reading day and night. I was watching, you know, multiple lectures and spending a lot of time in, in, in <coughs> contemplation, mm-hmm. uh, which all led to that, like to that boiling moment. And I, I said to myself, you know, that making this declaration, practicing this faith, stopping the alcohol and the drinking, uh, you know, living my life, you know, loyal to a woman, uh, you know, trying to be an upright citizen. Like it, it, the more I said it, the more it made sense. And, and to, you know, obviously till today, you know, nothing makes more sense. And I said, yes, you know, this is, I, I can and will submit. So I would imagine that uh, whilst you were doing your research into the religion of Islam, you would have come across the idea of uh, different sects mm. um, in the religion. So um, you, you would have felt a bit lost. Yeah. And saying, like, how am I going to, Yeah, you know? So there wasn't much uh, information about that early on as I was speaking to, as I was speaking to um, uh, my, the friends that were talking to at TAIF were from the Ahl Sunnah, Jamaa. And um, there wasn't much talk about the different sects during, you know, our discussions. Only once I converted, then, you know, the bombshell was dropped that, uh, a few different Muslims would ask, oh, what mosque do you go to? Mm. And I was taken back by this. And then as soon as I converted, the brother said, whatever you do, stay away from, you know, the Shia school of faith or the Shia people, you know. And then they gave me the list of things that they, they from his, um, you know, limited knowledge told me. And, you know, some of them were they worshipped the rock. Mm. Uh, they practice prostitution. Mm-hmm. They commit, you know, they hit themselves. They think, you know, Imam Ali is God. Uh, they consider the imams to be, you know, to have superpowers. And this takes you out of Islam. This takes you out of Islam. And they kept on drilling it. Then it got, it got quite, um, it got quite serious as. Uh, I was I was more it wasn't so much as a warning to me that what I what they were saying it was <laughs> it was a bit distressing how they came across in such a you know strong manner and it didn't sit right like they were like up until that point everything made sense what they were saying and then when they said that oh, I was taken back and I go all right let me just like think about this for a second so multiple many years ago I went to uh, Thailand. When I was at Thailand, there was a certain friend that I went with. He was a Muslim at the time. I wasn't too, uh, I wasn't too sure, you know, what he sect he was from. But uh, we were about to go out jet skiing, and he stayed in the hotel room for a few minutes, and he was hypnotized by what he was watching on TV. What he was watching was uh, there was a live broadcast of the pilgrimage pilgrimage of Hajj at the time, and I looked at him, and he was watching these people you know, succumbly around the Kaaba, which I had no idea about. But it was one of those moments in my life where I was so taken back by this. <laughs> I said, how can a man 
that's about to go jet skiing be so drawn to, you know, this live uh, religious movement that's happening. And he says to me, he goes, Mark, look how beautiful that is. Mm. And at that time, obviously due to the veils of my heart and everything else and the fact that I wanted to get him up and go jet skiing, I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and it brought me back to obviously when I when the, the brothers told me uh, about the different sex, it, it reminded me to call him because he was quite knowledgeable at the time and we had some discussions but nothing major, nothing worth remembering except that. So I called him and uh, he came a long way since then and uh, to my surprise he was extremely knowledgeable and very uh, experienced in all types of, you know, sex and all the misconceptions that I was I was just recently told of. So <laughs> and it was an interesting time really because I was uh, coming home to – have a massive debate with my dad. Then I was going to work and having debates with my friends about, you know, Christian versus Islam. And then I was going to TAFE and discussing about Shia versus Sunni. And so there was debates on all fronts. It was like World War II. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was uh, just copying bombardments from everywhere. And so I realized that I just scraped the you know, surface with uh, Islam that I realized that, you know, a major part of Islam is obviously, you know, which madhab to follow. And so then, you know, just I didn't think of, like, you know, any more bombshells could be dropped. I, I had to um, invest a lot of time into this as I realized this was extremely important as understanding which sect would ultimately determine, you know, I mean, you know, you would understand the history and thus understand the sect and, and or then the final pieces of the puzzle will be put together because I guess that was something I had to, yeah, attend to and, and rightly so. So after your, after delving into these, let's say the two major sects of Islam, so yeah. the, the Sunni sect and the Shia sect, um, what was the decision you came to and, why did you come to that decision? So the yeah, I came to that decision by you know sitting on the fence at that time and trying to figure out the division, and trying to understand, you know how, you know the divide happened, where it all started from, you know, as in you know straight after the the prophet's passing, peace be upon him. Even before that, you know the sort of jealousy and the the cracks that were forming and seeing how through history with all the imams and and the caliphs that were ruling at the time the hatred they had and as well you know the how in current situations you know similar situations are happening i think during that time isis were were forming not um as badly in iraq but i think yeah they were standing in iraq and you know you were seeing that you know, history was repeating itself. So it was all starting to make sense about, you know, this, you know, sort of feud they had with the followers of the Shia and the lovers of Imam Ali. And it all started to, you know, unwrap itself. And you could see the attempt they would make to try to, you know, defame and destroy the sweetness of of the Shia faith by fabricating lies as they fabricated lies with Imam Ali, as they fabricating lies with Imam Hussein, 
you know, it was it was all the same. And um, uh, you know, I would I would look at Bilal and um, Abu Dhar and how they were exiled uh, because of their their love and all the rest of them. And it all started to. Yeah, to make a lot more sense as I, as I looked in. And then I started to see the lives of the Ahl Bayt and the du'as that you would come across by Imam Sajjad alayhi salam. The supplications, the supplications yeah. were, were some of the most fascinating prayers that no ordinary man can write. And uh, and the lives that they lived where they were oppressed. And yeah, it was, um, it was oh, I thank, I thank God every day to give me the ability to to see that as unfortunately a lot of reverts uh, don't get their chance to and so you know I was able to go back and 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 understand these so-called misconceptions and how they do prey on the earth and you know that you know the true sunnah is in those acts not just by having the title you know al sunnah so yeah it all it made a lot more sense until today the, the debates still go on as they'll never end what would you advise someone r- right now who's probably contemplating on becoming a Muslim? Uh, I would tell them take a big, deep breath in and to really, really analyze history and that it plays such a role as they, you know, unfortunately some of my friends would say, don't worry about history, it's in the past, but it has such an important message in it. Um, I would you know, urge them to take some serious time into researching about the lives of the Ahl Bayt and, and their messages and the hadith that they came, that all was exactly the prophets. And all they wanted to do was, you know, to show and practice, uh, you know, the most purest form of Islam. You know, I would say to them, you know, to look at all, all sects and, you know, with an open mind and to, as a friend said to me, you know, he goes, just... While you're on this quest, Mark, he goes, just ask God for the truth and nothing but the truth. <laughs> so I hope you're God. So I hope you're God. <laughs> but, and, and so that was one of the major things that I, you know, I would often pray for, uh, you know, to have you know, the truth be given. Um, so some sort of guidance. So absolutely some sort of guidance. Um, yeah. So go out and do some, like, on, like, do some research. Yeah. Pretty we, much don't, um, I mean, obviously get some other people's opinion, uh, advice yeah. or you know, but go look it up yourself. Yeah, that's right. Because, yeah, I mean, anyone can can almost convince anyone of of what they want to convince. You know, you tell a lie loud enough, off enough, and long enough, you'll believe it. So, mm. you know, that was one of the things I I tried. You know, to take you know some information from everyone, and then and then go home and do my own research and, and see where it sort of sits in it, and um, you know. You got to be careful because obviously having, you know, a bias towards something. You know, everyone's got a mm. bias towards something. So you got to take that into perspective. You know, everyone has sort of you, you know their agenda. Um, but if you're looking for the truth, it has no agenda. The agenda is the truth. Hundred so, yeah. percent. I mean, I mean, we all still do our own research even till now. I mean, it's not something that'll just stop. Yeah. yeah. So in essence, those misconceptions that you heard in in. Uh, in your first in your early early days of entering this this new faith of Islam were just that just misconceptions so in short how has entering the religion of Islam changed your life or how has it become a way of life as you mentioned earlier on in the podcast it changed my life so much so that you know every day is a day that, you know you look forward to as it's you know one day that 
longer where you've you know, tried to talk to God. It's one day where you know you've seen more signs of God. It's one day where you know now you can you, you can give God you know praise and glory as you see the miracles of your kids. You see you know the miracles of life. Um, you know that you know why you're created. You know contentment, fulfill. You know absolutely fulfills your heart. You know through Islam, through practicing it. You know, through praying for you know five times a day, through. Would you say you're more consciously aware of everything that partakes in your day? Yeah, like you always refer. Okay, God. Yes, God, absolutely. God. Yeah, in as a, in opposed to before. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly right. There. That that helps a lot. That now, you know, as Imam Ali alayhi salam says, you know, you know, I didn't see a thing except God before it, you know, and after it. Excuse the paraphrasing. Yes. Um, but it's a, it's a true thing. Islam gives that sort of attachment you know that you can put the essence of god in in everything uh and everything has a has a meaning and a purpose and and it's much easier to live a life as a muslim than not um you know people say oh you know you can't have bacon and eggs anymore yeah. you know, but you know they're, they're trivial jokes as opposed to the reality like yeah but, life's so much know, more than just yeah, bacon and eggs yeah 100 yeah, exactly you know and uh yeah it's it's <laughs> the jokes on them on the day judge <laughs> um you know may god guide us all but um yeah it's absolutely uh fulfilled my life and hopefully i mean but in saying that it's not something where you're on a free ride you know yeah there's no complacency in religion you know that's one thing you know you learn the hard way that you know minor sins can blacken your heart and you know the sweetness of of faith can can leave you so quick so it is it's um it's a responsibility that cannot be taken advantage of and you know thank god you know we believe and submit and yeah, inshallah, you know, we all go to heaven. <laughs> That's the ultimate goal. Right. So it sounds like it's uh it's been a rough journey, mm. but eventually it it bore beautiful fruit. Yeah, the sweetest of all. <laughs> Stimulate Your Mind is proudly presented to you by LOF Productions. For more of our podcasts where we try to cover all the interesting topics happening all over the globe and also the personal stories of people right here in our own backyard. Subscribe to Stimulate Your Mind on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. See you guys in a little while.